I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Sarah Michelle Gellar of Buffy the Vampire Slayer fame. Now the Backstreet Boys are all grown up with their own Cue the outrage. We are the pop culture professors. Settle down now. Smart people, dumb topics forever. Whatever. Taking the guilty out of pleasure. We stand together. Welcome to We Stand Together, an academic pop culture symposium. That is so true. We are the professors of pop culture. I'm Caitlin Bitsagai. I'm Lauren Brickman. And you know, we're a couple of smart people talking some real dumb topics. So true. We have taught at the college level. We have master's degrees, but we just sit around and talk about standing pop culture topics. So wait, wait, Caitlin, can I tell you something? Oh, no. Okay. All right. I finally did it. I finally got an academic institution to let me actually teach pop culture in the classroom. Oh, my gosh. You're fusing. (laughs) In fall 2022, people will be taking American cultural history with me, and it's 15 weeks of nothing but pop culture, baby. Wow. Is this going to work or is this like on Seinfeld where there's two Georges and they I don't know. too close? I don't know. I don't know. But you better believe one of my weeks we're going to be talking about the f- culture of fandom and everyone's homework assignment is going to be to write a fan fiction. Oh, my gosh. And 
remember, legally, you probably cannot read those on our podcast. Okay. Well, I will have a consent form available. So. Okay. Oh, good. Just as long as you're thinking mm-hmm. ahead. Oh, no. I, I'm going to write it by the school's lawyer. Don't worry. Wow. Well, Lauren, besides your uh, progress and your profession, what else are you standing this week? Um. Well, okay. You know that game Wordle that everybody was hot to trot? Yeah, you know, I, I you, play you're playing day. it. Yeah, yeah. I have not been able to get into that game. Okay, that's not been for me. Okay, I have well, not. I have, but I have found a game that is in the spirit of Wordle that I love. Okay. <laughs> what is? Framed. Have you played this game? I don't know. Framed. So Framed is, it's frames of movies. And so it's a picture. It's a still from a movie and you have to guess it and you have like six attempts or whatever. And so you're always trying to guess it in as few attempts as you can. And if you play on the same browser, it keeps track of your winning streak Mm -hmm. for you and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. It's really captured me. And now, you know, I haven't played, I I tried Wordle a few times. It felt exclusionary. It did not feel like I was invited to that party. But Hmm. framed, framed feels like home. Framed feels comfortable. And I'm really into framed. So if anyone out there is playing framed, I would love to know what your winning streaks are. Slide into my DMs. Let me know. I just, I I love framed. Well, I got to try out framed. Yeah. And you know, I don't know if I'll feel welcome to the framed community. I'll know when I'm there. There are days when it is a genre of a film that I, some days I just know I'm not going to win. And there are other days when I do win. And, but it's, it's a lot of fun. And uh, it's been reminding me of, of a lot of films that I'm like, oh, I got to go back and rewatch What's that. your best? How many guesses? The fewest guesses? Oh, <laughs> I've gotten several in one, but you can guess what genre. Um, 50s, noir. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It was, they were all clueless. <laughs> Yeah, every single time it's been clueless. Now, I, I'm crushing. I'm crushing the rom com game. I'm doing pretty. I'm doing pretty darn good with the horror. Right. I've also shockingly gotten it on one on movies I've never seen before. I got The King's Speech the other day in one. I've never seen that film. I just knew. Wow. Spiritually, I knew. That is sometimes you know when things are the king's speech. I will agree yeah. with you on that. Sometimes right? you just kind of know. But then the other day, I the worst I've ever done was The Hurt Locker. I, I oh. failed. I failed hard on Hurt Locker. And I was like, well, the only reference point I have for the Hurt Locker are jokes that they made in the Broadway production of Hedwig and the Angry Inch. So. <laughs> well, that's because this podcast stands staunchly against torture. And anyone mm-hmm. that got that too quickly, got to wonder. Got to wonder. Well, I am wondering, what are you standing this week? Well, uh, speaking of difficult topics, I'm standing Jeanette McCurdy and her mm-hmm. memoir called I'm Glad My Mom Died. It is the story Oof. of the iCarly actress uh, whose mom passed away and was was abusive uh, yeah. stage mom, to put it lightly. Mm-hmm. I really haven't even gotten to the part of the book where any of that happens. Just the fact that she is a child actor in the 90s seems so bleak and sad. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. that, that really is enough. Like someone should just yeah. write that book that doesn't really even need the extremes. Everything else. And yeah. she had to be on, on an episode of the X-Files and still wasn't happy. So it wasn't for her. Wow. And her mom just didn't okay. see that. That's hard. That's hard. That was, I briefly worked at a children's talent management company. And the <laughs> hardest part of that job was when in the summer, kids would like book something and you'd call and like the parents would be like, they don't want to do it. They want to stay at summer camp. And we'd be like, well, either they take the job 
or they're gone. And I'd be like, I felt like the anti-Santa Claus being like, hey, kid, you got to leave summer camp and come to work. (laughs) You got to call back. It's December 25th, 9 a.m. Be there. And one time, oh my God, the sickest thing that ever happened though was one time because I was an actor. Sometimes they would ask me to like coach the kids on their self tapes. And I'll never forget one time this little girl (laughs) had to do a self tape about her, like where the character's mom died. And the little girl had only done like commercials and like happy comedy stuff. It was the first drama she had to do. And helping her cry was the worst day of my life she was very good and then like i don't know i just i have nightmares i have nightmares but the challenge she was good she was really good and she did look at me once and go someday isn't it going to be exciting when you see me winning an award on tv (laughs) and i was like yeah that'll be really exciting for me (laughs) and that girl jennifer lawrence (laughs) yep 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 using the words right out of my mouth um well why are you still awaiting that excitement (laughs) of being faint uh i think we should should bring in today's guest oh my god i'm so excited for today's guest so excited uh we love him we wanted to have him on the show for a while he seems to really enjoy that (laughs) lauren once you've worked at abusing children (laughs) please welcome brian yay hello hi brian how are you oh that i'm so good that story is great (laughs) because children don't know that they're acting they're you know like yeah if it's brad pitt Mm -hmm. or if it's julia roberts they know this is a made-up world and they can go back to their lives but this child (laughs) is just really it's she's just really crying for real yeah pretty much (laughs) and we're we're capturing it for our own entertainment. It's so sick. I love it. It's so sick. And like, so I think the, that same kid had been like on a on a real booking streak, like booked like mm-hmm. first audition, second, like the first time she didn't book, it was like that had never crossed her mind. She didn't know that sometimes you auditioned and you can get the part. And she happened to be in the office when we found out they were passing. And it was like finding out that the Easter Bunny, Santa Claus, none of it was real. And she just looked at us and she goes, somebody didn't like me. And I was like, oh, this is going to, I was like, this job is not for me. Been been there, sister. Oh my goodness. (laughs) And that's when she's like, no, (laughs) end up working in this management office. Yeah, I was. Oh. Yeah, sometimes they, I felt like I was the cautionary tale. It's like, oh no, we could end up like Lauren. No. <laughs> You're still in entertainment. Lauren was like, I booked all those commercials, kid. Yeah. So I got in good with them. <laughs> you have the most power. No. Oh. Controlling these children's fate. How old was this kid? At the time, I think she was like seven or eight. Yeah, what was her? Yeah, her age range was six to ten. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think she was like she was my boss's son's classmate. So I think oh. she was like at the time I met like eight. I'm just yeah. curious because I I knew someone whose kid did acting, and he claimed that the kid wouldn't remember about opportunities he went out for that didn't he didn't get, so it didn't matter. But I'm suspicious of that. I would love to find out because now that child is probably in college and I would love to ask what they remember. 
I would love to find out. Like, what do you? That one time Lauren made me cry. It was horrible. I would, That's all I, I would love to ask. I'd love to be like, what do you remember from that summer? I hope someone she's gonna write is her. listening to this podcast in her dorm and she's like, what's that voice? Why? Yeah. <laughs> she writes her own Jeanette McCurdy style book. And it's just about Lauren. But Lauren's the villain. <laughs> oh my god. I'm glad Lauren Brickman died. The memoir. Oh, no. It's a draft somewhere. It's a draft somewhere, I'm sure. Oh, oh wow. Oh. Wow. Well, shockingly, we're not just here to talk about the traumas I've caused. <laughs> no, we're here to cause more. And <laughs> Today we're going to talk about movies about food. Woo! That's right. Yay. Yeah, because Brian, you're the host of What's Eating You. That's right. I love food. I eat it almost every what? day. Obsessive. <laughs> yep. I have a, I have a disorder. Contrast about food. I, it is. Yeah. I I'll, I'll look at pictures of food on Instagram Ooh. the same way many men will look at pictures of women's butts, but I'm just looking at. Michelin star restaurants. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. Well, obviously, we're in good hands with you, Brian, and you're clearly an expert in the world of food. Uh, Caitlin, where do you get off talking about food movies? Yeah, my credit this week, this is like, I, first of all, I just want to say I came from like, you know, a great family. <laughs> but for some reason, <laughs> when I think of Christmas dinner, I think of the movie. Santa Claus starring Dudley Moore and this homeless kid like mm-hmm. breaks into a house and is able to eat like a, a turkey dinner with a can of Coca-Cola right next to her and to okay. me that is like the iconic holiday meal like every wow. holiday I would try to make my plate look like hers get a can of Coke and I just I don't know why it was very similar to what we'd eat normally but for some reason I was like no this is from that movie <laughs> Wow, wow. Uh, just, you know, pop culture brain poisoning. Oh, yeah. Film will just... Remember at the end of Jurassic Park when the kids get to that table of food? Yeah. And just... They, the way they eat it just makes you so hungry, <laughs> no matter what. Even if you just had dinner, you're like, oh, my... That jello looks so good. Yeah. Oh, man. Nothing made me hungrier as a kid than in Hook, when the imaginary food would oh, become yeah, real yeah. food. Oh, man. That movie used to get me lit. <laughs> <laughs> you're like i'm eating food every day when i grow up somewhere on set there was a lauren telling those kids eat eat that food i don't care if you don't want to eat it this is a robin williams picture <laughs> dustin hoffman is home eat the food oh my god i hope those kids are all well i hope they're all doing well i just love yelling dustin hoffman <laughs> is hook <laughs> You guys don't get that. You better eat, eat all that food or Dustin's going to be very upset. <laughs> How scary. Because he was hooked. That would be so scary. Because Dustin oh. was hooked. You know, I, I'm i also uh, pulling my credential from childhood today because – as a small child, I was not on set with Dustin Hoffman, but my mom did enroll me in cooking classes <laughs> at like a very, very young age. And yeah, it was great. I used to like, I'm talking like preschool. She was dropping me off and I was learning about the kitchen. And like, she even once famously sent me with chicken pox. She didn't believe me that I didn't feel well and sent me to cooking class with chicken pox. 
It's true. It's true. But that fascination with food confused me at an early age because I was like, I want to be an actor, but I also love cooking. So to me, Planet Hollywood was the answer. And for much of my childhood, my dream was to be a co-owner of a Planet Hollywood style (laughs) restaurant. (laughs) I love that. Because I thought, perfect. They figured out how to be an actor and a restaurateur. (laughs) That was my goal. They did it again. Those clever scamps, Arnold, Bruce. I was just like, I was like, oh yeah, this is it. This is what I want to do. <laughs> Anyways, that's my credential this week. I aspired to be a co-owner of a Planet Hollywood. Well, they're down to just like one or two, so I feel like mm-hmm. you could. I think there's like one left at uh, Paris Ooh. Disneyland. So you could maybe okay, buy okay. it off of them. It's probably cheap enough that I could maybe do it, right? I don't know. I think if we all three yeah. pulled our money together, yeah. we could definitely <laughs> get a plan. More than what, a hundred bucks at this point? Maybe. Maybe, right? I could scrape together fifty. The food there too was definitely an afterthought. Oh, it was yeah. mostly like how many Terminator mm-hmm. replicas can we get into this space? Oh. And then what's the food we're gonna put in the microwave and feed <laughs> these stores? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh yeah. The chicken fingers were remarkably unremarkable. <laughs> like they had to work hard to make them yeah. land. I guess the closest I got to achieving that dream was having several friends that had to work there in our early twenties. Yes, that Planet Hollywood. Yeah, the Planet Hollywood Times Square. Shout out to oh. a few former guests of the show and friends of the show. I won't out you. You know who you are. <laughs> oh, they know who they are. <laughs> those those restaurants like Planet Hollywood and. Rainforest mm. Cafe, I'll need to make a comeback. I agree. I uh, I I recently was reminded of that restaurant Mars Twenty One Twelve. That was, mm-hmm. and I'm like, guest has also been a waiter there. Again, we will not out <laughs> anyone. But do we mostly have guests that have been waiters at theme restaurants? Yeah, obviously. Yeah, but I I really do. I want them all to come back. But I hope when they come back, they have slightly better food. Right. And by slightly better, I mean just look at what Cheesecake Factory is doing. Just do what they're doing. Right. Yeah. Maybe just cheesecake love- should turn into these places. I know. That's the one thing as a you know, child of the nineties, when you hear cheesecake factory, you want a little more cheesecake factory feel when you get inside, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Maybe like a, a, a guy in a suit Ooh. with a chef's hat <gasps> making cheesecakes. Right, and a factory you know? theme, you know, like a worker. And a factory <laughs> theme, yeah. Oh, and some children, Lauren would love that. Some- <laughs> <laughs> Some underage children with soot on their faces. <laughs> yeah, I woke up at the crack of dawn making cheesecakes. They come by, and they can have like like at um oh my god, well uh Krispy Kreme they ha- where they have like the the plastic windows where mm-hmm. you can see all the kids working in a line. <laughs> yeah, That's they, like lose a limb every yeah. hour on the hour. Oh my god. We, I can't believe this doesn't already exist. It's well, such a beautiful idea. As usual, we're giving these ideas away for free on this podcast. What? This is ridiculous. Oh, this is ridiculous. But you know what's not ridiculous? Our first game. Brian, oh. are you ready to play a game? Oh, so ready. Okay. Let's do this. So I know that you are a connoisseur of all things food and pop culture. And so I have found a few clips from movies that center around the story of a chef. Uh, 
And, you know, a, a common trope in movies is that chefs are passionate. And because they're so passionate, they can have challenging temperaments. So I'm going to play you some audio clips and see if you can guess the uh, the actor, the character, simply by their breakdown. So are you ready to play Breaking Chef? Let's do it. <laughs> All right. Breaking Chef. All right. Here we go. Breaking Chef. Clip number you to fire me now? Am I threatening to fire you? No, I'm telling you what I'm prepared to do if you don't cook my menu. Subject closed. Well, why don't you cook the menu without a chef? And we see how it goes. We see how it goes tonight. All right. Mm. Brian, can you name that chef? That was Remy the Rat from Ratatouille. <laughs> no, no I, I don't know, actually. I, the, the voices sound very distinct but i i don't know if i've seen this movie really yeah oh it is one of my absolute favorites and what's funny is we've we've already named one of these actors several times oh. today. he's not the chef in question uh but that is a clip from the 2014 road comedy drama chef Starring oh. John Favreau and yes. Dustin Hoffman. Of course, that's the scene where he starts the food truck. Yep, that's the that was the inciting right. incident where right. Favreau says, "Enough of this high end cooking. I want to be my own boss." That movie, John Favreau is such a monster. He makes Scarlett Johansson and the woman from Modern Family his two love interests, and he looks like how he looks. <laughs> but he. he, he but he's the director and the writer, so he's just like, yeah, the, two of the most beautiful yeah. women on earth are both attracted to this guy who makes Cuban sandwiches mm -hmm. <laughs> and has a horrible personality, too, pretty much. Yeah, very few redeeming qualities. No, yeah. Except apparently he can cook good food, but I, as an audience member, don't get to taste it, so. No, yeah. Oh, so a movie that makes you so hungry because he shoots the food so well in that one. It is a beautiful advertisement for great right. Cuban food. <laughs> It is. But what an egomaniac yeah. John Favreau is. All right. Well, I have a feeling that was just a warm up round. I have a feeling. Okay. Uh, you, I'm going to go with my gut next time because I, I had a feeling that was Chef. So. All right. Here's clip number two. Charlie, Charlie, Charlie. No, 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 no. no. They want potatoes or the pigeon. Denise, he already suggested that. Why the hell is she crying? His response was quite uh, emphatic. What did he say? What did he say? Tell the pass. Adam, let me handle this. Let me handle this, Adam. Adam. Hey, guy, you like to see your hairy ass? <laughs> Apologize. Beg your Apologize to her. Go fuck yourself, mate. The bartender says. Dining at the Langham. A special? All right. Do you have any idea who that was? Was that? Yeah. Bradley Cooper? And 
the movie well, the movie was called like Into the Fire <laughs> or like a hot pan or Basically, something like that. it was burnt. The twenty. 20- yeah, yeah. Yes. yes, that's I, I guess there's no way my guess of hot pan was correct, but I knew it was something You were so close. You were so close. You got the you got it in spirit, yes. That was Bradley Cooper in a movie that was yeah. not widely beloved, but I think is actually like pretty great. I don't know. I love it. I love that movie. Yeah. And it was based on uh, Anthony Bourdain, I believe, or I think he executive produced it or something. I don't know if it was ever confirmed that it was inspired by him, but that was what I also had heard. Yeah. Right. It's a wild. There are scenes in that movie that are haunting. Well, I I highly recommend going and checking out Burnt, uh, Brian, because as a foodie and a pop culture guy, it's a... It's a must-see, I, I think, personally. I agree. I think it's quite good. Yeah, we were talking about the cast. Yeah. And just that alone, I'm, I'm interested in seeing now. Yeah. Matthew Reese. Mm-hmm. I'm a big Matthew Reese guy. Oh, so. same. Same. He can do no wrong in my book. But So sexy. What a sexy, sexy man. I man. mean, I anyone from the cast, brothers and sisters, I'm there for. <laughs> Okay, I think you lost them and all of our audience. (laughs) No, Ben Farha, friend of the pod, Ben Farha just got excited and reinvested. (laughs) I loved his sexy hour-long drama that Matt was a part of called Brothers and Sisters. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Sorry about it. All right, let's move on to clip number three. You're one out of two. That is rare. Apparently not rare enough. Any rarer to walk out of here and hail a cab. Look, these are ad agency people. They spend a lot of money here. No tantrums tonight. Just fire another one. Right, one worst steak on the fly. Worst steak on the fly. Where's the lamb for six? Have a quail. Great, Chef. Pick up. Terrine Capaccio. From the asshole on seven again, he wants to know whether you've ever seen a rare steak before. Well, what do you think? <laughs> that was from The Matrix, 1999. <laughs> was it the scene where they're making a little meal in the, <laughs> in the spaceship? And because uh, Keanu was very hungry from his journey from the fake world into the real world. Mm-hmm. Nope, absolutely correct. Uh, Brian, you nailed it. It, it. You are, I knew you were going to crush this game. A a scene we all remember and Mm -hmm, love. mm -hmm. Yeah, one of my favorite moments in cinema history, uh, to be quite frank. Uh, It's also sometimes called No Reservations, starring Catherine Zeta-Jones. Oh, that's the other one. That's why Mm -hmm. there was Burnt Mm -hmm. with Bradley Cooper, No Reservations with Catherine Zeta-Jones. And then, yeah, Anthony Bourdain had a show called No Reservations also, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, legitimately. Yeah. Yeah, the Catherine Zeta-Jones one is wild because her sister dies in, like, a really violent car accident, and she becomes the, like, caretaker for her niece. And she's, like, this cold, unfeeling, very angry chef who's now raising a daughter. It's the weirdest romantic drama ever. <laughs> <laughs> and I love it. I love it so much. I just... Okay, so I gotta check both. See, the problem I had with both Burnt and um, No Reservations is Bradley Cooper and Catherine Zeta-Jones are just, like, so attractive. Yeah. Because real chefs are, like, 
Mario Batali. <laughs> you know right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's just like, wait, why aren't the two of you just models? Yeah. Why, why are you like in the back of this kitchen? And that's why they're so angry in these movies. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's true. That's the dragon. Yeah, yeah. The dra- I'm yeah, sh- yeah. too hot to be dealing with this. Why am I back here? Yeah, getting burnt. Oh, that's, that's, that's my favorite scene in the movie when Bradley Cooper says, "I'm getting burnt." Camera. Well, the scene in No Reservations when Catherine Zeta Jones says, "What are we going to do tonight?" There's no reservation. <laughs> Well, speaking of people that are far too hot to be chefs, uh, I think that's true about the folks in the next clip, too. Yeah! 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 So, okay. I don't know if you can guess that mm. chef by their breakdown, but a real hot hottie. Is this um television mm. and film or just film? This is this is a film and I will give you a clue. Oh, this is okay. someone you've already brought up today. I brought this person up mm-hmm. today. Mhm. Oh. Oh man. What did Rob Robin Williams? Did he ever play a chef? Oh, I don't think so, but he should have. No, We're really yeah, missing out. Yeah. He really should have. Wow. That would have that we really are missing something in the cultural canon. We did. He would have been a great chef. Yeah. Oh. So we've mentioned this actor mm-hmm. prior. Keanu Reeves? <laughs> no, but also I want to see him play a chef. I will say mm-hmm. this. You mentioned the character, not necessarily the actor. Oh, helps. the character. Mm-hmm. Is, is that from Ratatouille? <laughs> yeah. It was the greatest food film mm-hmm. of, of all, all time. time. Yeah. Yeah. Is that is that when the 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 guy Ratatouille is controlling uh freaks out? Yes, it's the freak out moment. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Nailed it. You absolutely nailed it. That's you know right. what, Brian, uh, you I, I think you got an A plus. I, I think I think I- I think you got an A. Two out of three of the clips that yeah. Oh, I missed. I missed. I missed. Uh, no reservation. But you know what? I, you got it in spirit, right? So I'm giving you extra credit for showing your work, and congratulations. You pa- you got an A plus in Breaking Chef. Yes. Yes, yeah. Breaking Chef. Breaking Chef coming to AMC Fall 2024. Yeah, it's interesting. Keanu is too hot to be a real chef too, but I would buy it more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know these. Actors, I'm sure they would love getting the this meaty, meaty parts of mm-hmm. like uh are you guys watching the bear? Yeah. Oh. It seems like such a good part to just sink your teeth into because chefs are like like comedians, chefs yeah. are like screw it up in the head. So it's like uh interesting role i'm sure i binge watched the bear so hard. I like could not stop watching. I watched it like it was a film, not a series. I love a good man, the shorter the better now yeah. that I'm as I get older, a thing that's 27 minutes? Oh. Yes, please. I was just saying that. I went to see uh, Strange Loop on Broadway this weekend. 100 minutes, no intermission. Thank you. Uh, yes. <laughs> I will like something more. Just cut the fat. Yeah. Get the, yeah. Get the entertainment into my brain yep. quicker, and I <laughs> want to get home by 8 o'clock. Ooh. <laughs> Brian, I see you. I am yes. you. I get it. <laughs> 
Sometimes it's just like, oh, come on. Come this on. Is self-indulgent. It's just like a, like a comedy. A comedy doesn't need me oh, two hours. Oh, a nightmare. When you see that, you start playing it and you yeah. see it's over. It's like 2.40. You're like, oh, no, no. T- 80 minutes. Get me out of there. <laughs> well, I don't need much. Speaking of getting out of here, we're going to get out of here for just a moment. Take a quick break and we'll be right back. Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% back at hundreds of stores, and it's all happening this week, May 6th to May 13th. It's the perfect time to shop for everything on your list for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. I know I'm using this week to stock up on some warmer weather essentials at Ray-Ban and Ulta, and I love that Rakuten even helps me save on travel at sites like Hotels.com. Rakuten really is the best way to shop, and you can save even more by stacking cash back on top of deals. Plus, during Big Give Week, that cash back is bigger than ever. With Rakuten, membership is free, and when you sign up and shop today, you get an extra 10% cash back boost. That's an extra 10% cash back on top of the 15% cash back. You won't see higher cash back rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right. We are back. We are ready to dive into Caitlin. Perhaps yeah. one of your more important thesi. And I know I say that a lot, but you you keep you keep raising the bar of importance <laughs> on what you have to present. And this week is I'm ready to be to be taught. I'm ready to right. learn. Okay, great, great. Well, my thesis for this week is that the movie Nothing But Trouble is disgusting. <laughs> I don't know if you guys have seen this movie. You know, Brian, the way you spoke about some movies make you hungry. This Uh movie makes you want to never eat again. So this movie, uh, and have either of you seen it? Do you know if you've seen it? It's an innocuous title, Nothing But Trouble. I have seen it, but I don't remember it super well. I feel like I... I think you must have been very young or something. I must have been super, super young. But it also, it feels like I've repressed it. Like, it feels like I went in and erased it. That's completely fair. So this movie came out in 1991 and talking about like seeing things, whether they're critically panned or whatever, like I, as a kid, I had no filter for that. It was just who's in the movie. And this movie stars Dan Aykroyd, Chevy Chase, John Candy, and Demi Moore. So I'm obviously like, tell me when and where, like what is going on. This movie's going to be amazing. That's, that was basically like the Avengers of 1991. <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly. All the exactly. most famous people of the 90s were in this. Yeah. And John Candy and Dan Aykroyd play different parts. You're like, oh, I'm going to be laughing. So here's, I'm going to play for you guys the trailer so you can get a sense of, of what the premise is. <laughs> Give me the keys, Mike. Chevy Chase, 
Hey, you just passed the Garden State Parkway South. Don't worry, I'll get you there. Demi Moore. Oh, no, cop. Driver, step outside the car, please. John Candy. Read him. Yeah, that's nice, thanks. The lower back, please. I got an itch right up in there. It's good, thank you. Not today, sir. This may be Valkenvania, but it is still America. Wouldn't mind, would you just write a ticket here, or we could settle it some other way, perhaps? That's not the way things work around here. What is this place? Revolving District Court for the Village and Shire of Valkenvania is now in order. The Honorable Reeve, Alvin Valkenizer, presides. Dan Aykroyd. Put out that dog rocket! Nothing but trouble. I'm so sorry. Hey, you know, you and I ought to spend a little more time together. I'd like that. Would you? Welcome to the last resort. You look pretty this evening, sister. Doing something different with your hair? <laughs> Where something's always cooking. How about a nice Hawaiian punk? Uh, we're some good friends. Okay, let's eat. Where someone's always shaken. And anything's better than... House policy. What's house policy? But whatever man touches her is the one she keeps. What? All they wanted. Oh no, wait a minute. I just went through a damn stoplight. Was a little getaway. I think the two of you'd make a perfect couple. You make this a bride. No, no, not in front of all these people, Your Honor. Mm -hmm. Now. All they got was nothing but trouble. Oh my god. It's coming back to me. Parts of it are coming <laughs> the, back to me. The, yeah. amount, the amount of cocaine that was involved in making this movie Absolutely. must have been astronomical. Absolutely. And it, you also saw a brilliant character actor, Taylor Negron. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's a lot of great people in this movie. It, but you can tell from the trailer how bad it is because it's so slowly paced. They they know <laughs> they don't have a lot in there. Really, we got to get this thing out of here. They know they are not <laughs> unrolling a lot of great jokes on this one. Um and I thought it was interesting. When I was thinking about this movie, I was like, it really reminds me of Texas Chainsaw Massacre because of the way that it's like they are isolated. It feels like they can't get out. But that's not the point of it. It's supposed to be funny. But I looked up and actually that movie was one of their inspirations, which was absolutely bizarre. Um, and then I'm going to play the dinner scene. It's quite a visceral movie. And you saw some of, you saw some of the dinner scene in the trailer that we're going to... Welcome to summer. How about 1.5 million fun? views? <laughs> Most are me just being like, I can't believe <laughs> Thank you, Judge. You know, there's nothing better at the end of a long day on the road than a nice warm glass of wine punch. Here's some good friends. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, there's just something about the sounds. It just... Does he treat all traffic violators this graciously? Only the ones he takes a special interest in, like bankers. Ants on a log, ma'am. Uh... Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I love one. Pretty good line read from Chevy there. Yeah, though. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, ants. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. What? 
Oh, uh, folks, <clears throat> I'd like to introduce my Ew. granddaughter, Eldona. What the hell? Oh, my She's God. She's single and the best class A mechanic in five states. Well, She's there's adorable, a lot of... She'd make an ideal wife, too. Genuine wage earner and <laughs> struck dumb at birth by a thunderclap. My kind of woman. Even calling it fat phobia would be generous. <laughs> like it's not. It's just like it's just very anti-human movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Then it goes on to he he brings out those hot dogs more and like no. you have to see the decrepit Dan Aykroyd like flap that brat around and like it is just so disgusting. And I guess it's an achievement in that it really. I really hate it. <laughs> yeah, and Caitlin, you're so right. The pacing is horrendous. We watched about 45 seconds of that, and that yes. scene felt like two hours because it's so plotting. I, I have so I'm okay. I clicked on the Wikipedia page because you have a link in our run of show. And mm-hmm. Caitlin, this movie, first of all, cost 40 million dollars to make and only made what? and only made 8.4 in the box office 40 million in 91 dollars too yeah yeah so this was like a huge movie well and like what's wild to me is that i'm see what what it's alleging here is that it all started because Aykroyd and his producer friend saw the movie hellraiser and people were laughing so they were like why don't we intentionally make mm. a comedy horror film but then the production company forced Aykroyd into not only starring in it, but directing it, producing it, and then playing a second role that nobody else wanted to play. <laughs> yeah, he is in another role, but he doesn't, he never uh, like, looks like himself. I do think Dan Aykroyd, like, hates himself in this way that, like, it is sad and, and he plants seeds of it across all his movies, but I think this is the one. He has to look the worst. He has to be the grossest. Everyone hates him in the <laughs> <laughs> oh, and you asked about the bankers. Are you? I think that there's like a theme in the film of like Demi Moore and Chevy Chase are city folk, and but like they just it it it, it just doesn't quite. Well, yeah, land. It, it, yeah. It, I so many people passed on directing this film before Aykroyd finally did it. Like John Hughes turned it down. John Landis oh, turned it down. Like my God. <laughs> Warner Brothers was just like, we believe in Dan Aykroyd so much that we are going to fly into hell and let this that, happen. That is what's wild about the 90s, though. It was literally like, here's a blank check <laughs> to the SNL guys. Just do whatever you want. Yeah. He, that, that movie would never get made no. now because it's not based on an IP. It's just yeah. like, uh, Dan Aykroyd does gross stuff. Warner Brothers is like, yes, please. Yeah, absolutely. And I... I just had forgotten how much I hate this movie. My husband, I don't know what he was looking at, but he was like, have you seen this movie, Nothing But Trouble? And I go, yes! And he was like, what happened to you while you were watching it? I was like, I had to see the film. It's disgusting. (laughs) And I don't recommend it, uh, I guess, in conclusion. But it does, I guess it does stay with you. It is filmmaking I will never forget. Wait, I just found this review that says... Chevy Chase, John Candy, and Demi Moore appear much less animated than usual and downright embarrassed in some scenes. Correct? That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, Demi Moore seems like she wants to be out of there and quick. Oh, yeah, that scene, she's just, like, phoning it in so hard. She's just like, okay, I'm making millions of dollars Just sit through this horrendous garbage. I will say this about um, 
just watching movies from my childhood and older movies, it's yeah. even horrible stuff back then has like this nice filmic quality to it though, right. because it's shot on film. Whereas garbage now, it's shot digitally and it looks like horrible. So it's even bad on bad. But back then, even a bad movie is like, well, at least this is still cinema. They still shot it on a film camera. There's some, you know, nice uh, nostalgia feel to it. Totally. And there's jokes in this. Now, they are bad and you'll yeah. wish there weren't. But, they, you know, they take the swing to try to be a comedy. Yeah. They really did. Oh, that ants on the log bit? Killer. <laughs> wow. Like, you'd think they made it up on the spot, but the, the mm-hmm. set is so ornate that mm-hmm. they <laughs> that stuff planned. Right. <laughs> exactly. Like, they do. It claims yeah. that a lot of the set was all, like, set pieces and, and props were also pulled from Aquaroid's personal collection. He's a weird guy. Oh, of course. Like, question mark. <laughs> he believes in aliens and stuff, Dan Eckers is a strange fella. You know what? I want to hang out with him more now. I want to hang out with him more now. I've got a lot of follow-up questions for this guy. Remember his uh, short-lived 90s sitcom Soul Man? (gasps) That was just based on one lyric of a Blues Brothers song? He was like, let's see if we can make this into a 22-episode of season sitcom. My god, the 90s were beautiful. Wild, right? Wow. I mean, it's like also, John Candy's gonna die four years. I know, later. I know. This, this opportunity cost of this film. Now, Ch- Chase, do do a million horrible films. Do what you need to to Chevy Chase. Yeah, Chevy Chase too. Did he have in his contract that he must wear aviators in every movie he's in? It does feel like he just had his own wardrobe. Yeah, I don't know, but I feel like I was personally attacked by Chevy Chase because last night when I couldn't sleep, I was scrolling on TikTok and. Fucking hell, Chevy Chase decided to join the teenage dirtbag trend and was posting throwback pictures of him and Belushi. And I was like, Chevy Chase, get off my TikTok. Get out. Chevy Chase thirst traps. I was like, get out of here with your thirst traps, Chase. Also, teenage, my ass, you were in your 20s, sir. I know, it's funny. (laughs) You look back and he was like, oh, Chevy Chase was 45 (laughs) years old in this movie. Yeah. Teenage, my ass. I will say, he. He's a horrible person mm-hmm. by all accounts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But man, no one has really been able to match like the that unlikable slash likable quality that he brought to all of his movies. Yeah. Like a Absolutely. horrible person you can still root for. That's a yeah. really hard thing to pull off. And it's it's I think well, I think Joel McHale is like in a way supposed to be the successor, but it doesn't work. Yeah, he I don't think he ever had like the chops that Chevy had. Well, because I also don't think Joel McHale is actually as bad of a person mm-hmm. so like he doesn't radiate the same kind of evilness no 100 percent. The, the stories you hear about chevy chase are just like Ooh. yeah he walked into my trailer and told me he had sex with my dead mother and then walked away yep <laughs> it's oh. like oh that's insane it's one of the most I've I've thought about this for most of my life because I think my dad was one of the first people to point it out to me. He was like, there's never been a comedic performer with less of a sense of humor. Like he just like mm. when he's not acting, he can't take a joke like at right. all. And like I've always been fascinated by that. Right. But conversely, I think Mikhail is a better person, but he's mm-hmm. still not great. And we no. get too much access to him. Like he right. has too, much. too many Mm-hmm. Um, appearances as his self so we know what he's like whereas like Chevy Chase just because it was the 80s and 90s yeah. he's not guest 
That's right. Hosting Mass Singer. Like, Listen, he never he never hosted the soup, so No. Then that well yet. Yeah. Okay. Chevy Chase hosting the soup in 2023 could be the best thing that ever happened in the <laughs> there's, world. There's still time, Chevy. There's still time. That is how he makes me a fit. That's how he gets me on his side. You mm. bring back the soup and host it every night, and I'll be there for you, Chevy. <laughs> <laughs> it's a nightly show now. Uh huh. Uh huh. I don't want once a week. I want five days a week, Chevy. I definitely think 78 is about the age you yep. should start doing <laughs> nightly television. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it, yeah, maybe that's where he, he turns it around and becomes a good guy at 78. Yeah. Right? There are people that are terrible parents that make great grandparents. Maybe that's sort of his trajectory. Oh, yeah. All right. That, yeah. That's, I think, what he was trying to do with community. Mm-hmm. And then all of the stories coming out of that is like, oh, no, he's still a horrible person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> None of them liked him. Yeah. In a way, it was wonderful because they have a lot of other tough personalities involved in that show. And they were like, well, we can't hang with how horrible he is. No, that's yeah. the other thing. Like, Dan Harmon is, I guess, allegedly not oh, a worst, great guy. Yeah. But everyone was like, Chevy's worse. Yeah. <laughs> I respect that. I respect that. Well, thank you guys for going yeah. on the journey to nothing but trouble. I that encourage you never disgusting. to watch it. Yeah, but just remember, it can be out there. If, if, if it feels like a fake movie, honestly. Yeah, yeah it does. I, I can't believe a million people have watched that clip. What was wrong with all of us? It feels like a cut for time sketch. That yes, a hundred percent. Yes, <laughs> like, and he was like, you know what? Let's let's just extend it. <laughs> so many '90s comedies were just like, here's a two-hour SNL sketch where three bits maybe work. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. the rest is really bad acting. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so uh, good. Well, Keelan, I think you've you've got another game for us to play, right? Yes, i got another game. This game is called Help the Yelp. (laughs) So there have been a lot of great and a lot of terrible food in movies, but Mm -hmm. only one that I could personally remember (laughs) has spawned a successful chain restaurant, Bubba Gump Fish Company. But is it successful? There's a lot of one-star reviews on Yelp. Oh, no. Bubba Fish Company. So, Brian, I'm going to read you a one-star review, and you are going to uh, play the role of the manager of Bubba Gump Fish Company and please right. explain the situation. Lauren, you're going to have a role to play, too. Uh, you are going to tell us if Brian's <laughs> excuse will allow you to retract your Yelp review. All right. Are we ready to play? Mm-hmm. All right. This first one is Jeffrey D. from Fairport, New York. One star. He visited in 2019. More like Bubba Dump, he says. <laughs> Save your wait time and money. This is absolute garbage. I know it's a busy place, but the money you spend on the food there should at least be edible. We ordered their namesake dish of shrimp, and it <laughs> left us disappointed. We wasted so much time waiting and paying for garbage. So, Brian, the manager of Bubba Gump, what do you say to that? Jeffrey D., uh, thank you for your patronage, number one. But number two, you came to Bubba Gump, okay? <laughs> so the onus is on you a little bit. I, I mostly manage – yes, this is a restaurant, but I mostly manage – a memorabilia store that's dedicated <laughs> to only one film. Do you understand <laughs> how hard it is? And also, one film, uh, just one scene of one film. Because if you don't <laughs> remember, the, the Bubba Gump part is not most of that movie at all. I don't know what we were thinking when we undertook this uh, restaurant. So, yeah, 
part of the thing of coming to Bubba Gump is to wait and sit in the world of the film. And you didn't enjoy that? You came to the wrong place. I'm sorry, bud. It's not French trained chefs back there, okay? <laughs> All right, that's good for me. Okay, Lauren, would, yeah. you, would you retract your Yelp review given Brian's uh, <laughs> excuse? Yeah. You know what? Here's fair Jeffrey. enough. Fair yeah. enough. Yeah. Fair yeah. enough. Fair Here's enough. Jeffrey D. Yeah. All right. Okay. Yeah. This one's from Monica M, and Monica is spelled with a K where the C typically is. Oh, God, that's She's scary. Saddlebrook, New Jersey. Uh, this is a two-parter. She came last year in 2021, sort of during the Delta virus. <laughs> All right. I wish I could give the zero stars at this rate. My husband and I used to love Bubba Gump because of their food, and it reminded us of our engagement day. <laughs> we went there yesterday for lunch around 1230, and I had a bad feeling about the place. <laughs> Usually, it's extremely packed. My husband got a burger and a side of mac and cheese, which looked nice and hot. I ordered the grilled seafood trio. The fish was hot, but the shrimp was cold. <laughs> Once we got home, my husband got really sick, parentheses food poisoning, was throwing up and had diarrhea the whole night. All caps. We will never go back to Bubba Gump again. I highly don't recommend this place at all. Four days later, she says, just an update about my prior review from four days ago. Just got a call from the manager, Brian, at Public <laughs> Up, who said that they did a quote-unquote inspection. He refused to give us a refund, even though my husband got food poisoning from their food, parenthetical, all caps, vomiting, diarrhea. <laughs> oh, my God. Monica, you come to my restaurant... <gasps> At the peak of the Delta variant and get diarrhea mm -hmm. and throw up and you put that on Bubba Gump? I think your husband got a little bit of the Delta, baby. I don't think that's on <laughs> us at all. The Delta variant attacks the GI tract. I think that's not on Bubba Gump. And you, you said to yourself, you've come here before and nothing, nothing ever happened in the past. So, so you come here while well, half my staff is out sick quarantining <laughs> and you come to the middle of Times Square <laughs> where I'm wearing a mask on the subway every day on the train. Like I'm basically a first responder at this point and, and, and your husband gets sick and you put that on a family restaurant, the Bubba Gump Shrimp Company. That's on you, Monica with the K. I just want to. I just want to go ahead and say I'm. I'm sorry, as Monica <laughs> with a K. I feel like you've made me realize that I really I messed up when I chose not to get vaccinated and when I allowed my <laughs> husband to not get vaccinated. And the fact that we continued to dine in public unvaccinated that is on us completely. Um, I would I would like to issue an apology to Bubba Gums. I'm so sorry. Wow. Okay. Wow. Two for two, Brian. Wow. Did, did Bubba Gump have outdoor dining during the peak of the Absolutely pandemic? Absolutely not. I can't. I don't think I saw any outdoor dining. Imagine outdoor dining Bubba Gump. <laughs> in the middle of the street in Times Square, eating the worst seafood of your life. Oh my god! And all those little characters are coming up to you trying to take pictures. <laughs> That could be a joy. Uh, well, this one takes us back to the days before COVID. This is from 2018 from Tommy E, who is from New York, New York. So Ooh, interesting choice. Okay. Wow. I will not be reading this whole thing because it is so long. <laughs> but 
I lead group tours for a living, so I've been in hundreds of restaurants over the last 15 years on the road. My group's experience on Wednesday night, April 4th, will go down as the worst dining experience one of my groups has ever had on tour. I understand the importance of pre-ordering a group's meal, especially when it is for 98 diners. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. We to provide our group's pre-order for our meal 72 hours before arrival. I was even called twice asking where that order was when we ticked inside the 72-hour window. <laughs> okay, I oh my God. skip to the end. Who had <laughs> There's four or five paragraphs. I'm not kidding. I'll put this on our Instagram. Had this not been eighth graders and had been a football team, this restaurant would have seen all hell break loose as the guests awaited their food. The management offered quote-unquote free magnets as an apology <laughs> with the ironic message, stupid is as stupid does. How appropriate for this effort and we do have a picture of the free magnet. It is a faux license plate that says stupid is as stupid does. Wow. Um, so Brian, how do you respond to your treatment of 98 football players? Tommy? This this one is on us. I apologize. <laughs> uh, you know, I I had never done this before. I thought I thought I'd get. I saw the reservation come in. I thought I'd get out ahead of it and and get all ninety eight orders. You know, get all my ducks in a row and have uh, have all the meals ready for you guys when you came in to to Times Square. You're all excited to eat some. Some nice shrimp, and uh, you know, I, I this one was on me. I thought I'd get all ninety-eight meals prepped and ready to go, just sitting there hot, ready for your mm. hungry, hungry athletes. And uh, I, I really, when we screwed up, I really thought this is on me. I really thought the magnets would go over a lot better <laughs> than they did yeah, because free I, I personally work here because the movie always brings a smile to my face. Mm-hmm. I, I walk buy the magnets in the gift shop every morning and I see stupid is as stupid does and, and it makes <laughs> me smile a little bit and honestly sometimes it's the only thing that keeps me going throughout the day so I thought these young men would uh, enjoy that as well and that was a miscalculation on my part so I, I deeply apologize Tommy Wow sounds good to be Lauren if you were Tommy how would you feel uh, I feel vindicated I feel heard I feel seen and <laughs> I'm willing to bring another group of 98 people back <laughs> for a second chance. Oh no, no. I'm willing to try again. We'll get it right this time, Tommy. Yeah. I Maybe. promise you. <laughs> I'm coming back, you know? I like your energy, my guy. I like okay. your energy. Wow. Okay. Now, this one is from Vanica. Is she <laughs> noted also spells her name with a K? Where is she? Yes. Why all these people go to this restaurant? <laughs> She's from Brooklyn, and this was in 2019. This was the worst food and drink ever. I was shocked at how horrible the food was for this location. Broadway and 44th Street is overloaded with tourists during this time of day. I expected the restaurant to be packed. It wasn't. Walked in the restaurant during late afternoon, and the restaurant was about 25% full. Not a good sign. My drink was bland and tasteless. The drink tasted like a watered-down frozen drink from a gas station. (laughs) Definitely not worth $15. When my meal arrived, it looked really skimpy. 
(laughs) I dug in thinking it had to be good, right? Yikes. The french fries were the best thing and they were definitely right out of the freezer. The fish was absolutely tasteless. I sampled a few pieces of this crap, paid, and left. Yuck. Worst food ever. Don't waste your time and money. Well, Veronica, Mm -hmm. this one is on you, unfortunately. (laughs) It feels like you misread the menu. Because a lot of people think the shrimp scampi is what's on the menu, but it's also it's it's actually called the shrimp skimpy, and the whole point of it is it's not a lot of shrimp. So that's <laughs> on you. All right. All right. So it looked skimpy. So it was right yeah. on target. Actually. It was right on target. Okay. Well, and I can't control that only twenty five percent of the restaurants full. I, I I'm not in charge of marketing. Mm, right. Well, my name is Vanica. <sighs> So, uh, someone here is not paying close enough attention to details. So, I'm going to say apology not accepted. And I'm actually going to get a billboard and have my Yelp review posted right outside your restaurant. (laughs) And I'm going to dedicate myself to taking you down. These people are nuts. Like, okay, who, (laughs) who goes into this place in Times Square? Has all of the, all all of these issues? Mm-hmm. Oh my God! It's Times Square yeah. only point, and yeah. then she continues the entire meal like she had oh. a gun to her head. Yeah. She could have walked out at any point. No. This woman lives in Brooklyn. She's in Brooklyn. Yeah. She lives in Brooklyn. She bypassed one thousand better restaurants. <laughs> yeah. No exaggeration. Any, I'm sorry. Any native New Yorker who actively chooses to go eat a meal in Times Square deserves whatever happens to them. hundred percent. Like, my How wife and I, you. as a bit, eat at the Red Lobster in Times Square. As a bit. We sure. know it's bad. Yeah. It's the most sodium you will ever consume yeah, in your life. Red Lobster is just salt yeah. on a fucking shrimp that's never uh, seen mm-hmm. the ocean. It's probably been raised on a farm somewhere. Yeah. But you're going as a bit. You yeah. can't go to Bubba no. Gump earnestly? No! From Brooklyn? No. Outrageous. All right. Well, our final one is a visitor from Washington, D.C. Her okay. name is Keisha F. This one's short but sweet. Unfortunately, I did not have a good experience here. The food sucks and the service, too. Please get rid of the Run, Forest, Run signage. Well, Keisha, if we do that, that's kind of all we got. We're not batting a thousand on the food. If we get rid of the signage, then it's nothing. So I don't know what to tell you. If we get if we get rid of the Forrest Gump stuff, we we have nothing. Because I, I didn't tell this to the other customers, but uh, the food is not our strong suit. <laughs> our strong suit is the signage. Mm. 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 <laughs> now, Lauren, if you're Keisha, you're visiting from Washington D.C. You've taken a bolt bus up. Yep. <laughs> yep. Um, I I want you to still take the signage down because what I want <laughs> is. <laughs> ultimately uh i want you to close your doors ultimately <laughs> what i'm asking you to do is pack up shop and leave uh because nobody remembers the movie forrest gump anymore i'm sorry <laughs> nobody knows what bubba shrimp is nobody knows who forrest is we we we've forgotten it okay our collective conscious doesn't remember this and it's time for you to go oh sorry okay. i'm from dc and that's just how i feel <laughs> Wow, she's from DC. I'm from DC. <laughs> okay. Wow. Oh, she's from DC, but you know, no bullshit from this one. No political. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. Well, wow. Uh, Brian, three out of five of your customers 
satisfied. These were one star reviews, so these were tough customers. Pretty mm-hmm. tough. Pretty tough. I yeah. mean, he's not the guy that's going to bring ninety eight people in. I mean, oh, he's so important. I'm going to bring a hundred and ninety eight. If Tommy can come in, it doesn't matter about the other people. So many comedians I know have worked at Bubba Gump because you have to do banter <gasps> and uh, you have to do. Um, uh, you basically have to quiz people on the movie if you're no, a waiter there. No. Wait, yeah, I didn't so, know about that part. Yeah. Um, so like they come and they you take your order and then you're like okay and it's like you know uh, where did Forrest play football and then you have to answer the question like so the whole time it's all Forrest Gump. Oh being my god! Stuff. How is this restaurant still operational? It, it's insane. I, I, and also it's like what a honestly strange film to base mm. a restaurant around yes. it's like it's like a robert zemeckis drama kind yeah. of yeah and i mean there's sort of... sex abuse there's yeah. like aids there's the vietnam war amputees like, like... also doesn't age particularly well no. now that like uh there's like the you know you want actually people <gasps> with the um disability to portray themselves yeah. so you've got tom hanks kind of just doing a horrific depiction of someone yeah. with a disability yes. yeah also that the sally field when sally field plays his mom and she is forced to have sex with a principal so he can go mm-hmm. to school that is played for laughs yeah like there's like squeaky bed noises yeah like, oh, he had to have sex with someone under <laughs> duress yeah uh goofy there's Sexual a lot assault. of there's a yeah. lot of questionable consent issues in that film uh, uh, uh yeah, yeah i mean it's kind of implied that jenny's dad Right. Oh, yeah, one hundred percent. It's not even. A, I think it's. I think we. It's kind of. Yeah. yeah, it's right. And, and, and Jenny so, and 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 Forrest relationship has some questionable moments where you're like, "What's happening here?" Mm-hmm. And then someone was like, "Let's make a restaurant of this. Mm-hmm. Everyone mm-hmm. will enjoy it." Yeah. <laughs> There's so many easier movies you could make a restaurant out of. You know. Yeah. yeah. Like just make a Back to the Future restaurant. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> Yeah. And there's three of those. There's yeah. only one. It's like the only movie that right. doesn't have a sequel. A yeah. Ghostbusters restaurant. Do a Fast you and the Furious. There's yeah. got to be something there. Jurassic Park. We talked about that earlier. Yeah. Just yeah. that scene. And then every once in a while, the floor shakes and it's like, yeah. oh, there comes the T-Rex, everybody. Actually, Jurassic Park, the restaurant, I cannot Would believe be it awesome, doesn't right? exist. I can't believe it, that doesn't exist. It's kind of like a Rainforest Cafe. There's the yeah. animatron, animatronic dinosaurs oh, around. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, that would be cool. But we got Bubba gone. <laughs> well, we're going to take a quick break because I'm going to make us a reservation for Bubba Gumps for tonight. Uh, and we'll be right back. I don't think we need a reservation. <laughs> All right, we're back. We I, I just have a little bit of uh, of content to share with you because we do have to quickly end this so we can make it to our table at Bubba Gump's. But uh, before that important uh, moment, I do I do want to share with you all um, a movie that's really important to me. You know, Caitlin, you went down the path of a movie where the food disgusted you. Yes, I'm. I went down a very different path. I- I'm going to just let this. P- this trailer speak for itself and then sort of share my thoughts. Um, All right, here we go. Just once, I'd like to make something really great. So just one bite is ecstasy. 
Amanda Shelton was pouring her heart into her work. Tastes like blue cheese and dirt. You know, when the right ingredients combine, magic can happen. But when she saw Tom... Don't let that one get away. Sorry, but something is about to crawl up your pants. I think I can handle whatever's in my... Ow! Something happened. You! Oh, my God. He's here. Do you have a menu that we could look at? She's perfect for So she has perfect hair and perfect skin and matching shoes. My perfect hair. <gasps> what is she doing? What am I doing with someone like you? Amanda, don't you understand? Everything you're feeling is going into your food. It's irresistible. Now, two mismatched strangers. Starts in your mouth and then shoots down your spine and then just explodes out of your toes. Are about to discover. I'm sorry, I'm going to have to confiscate that. Where'd you get this thing? I mugged a 75-year-old woman for these. Their attraction is magic. It's floating. Make it stop. I didn't do anything. Bibbidi bobbidi boo. That's not funny. Gotta be in control of my own destiny. You are some kind of a witch. You think I had something to do with this? Oh, Amanda, if the broom fits, ride it. It's so beautiful. My whole life was ordinary. And then we met and these amazing things started to happen. I don't know if I need you, but I know I want you. It's just this Valentine's Day, you are invited to discover the magic of love. My friend told me this thing about men and sex. They think about it 238 times a day. It's ridiculous. It's a sex thought about every four minutes. And yeah, yeah, it's, it's about right. Simply irresistible. I've been here 20 minutes. Right. either of you have revisited the 1999 smash hit simply irresistible that is the most 1999 movie i've ever seen mm -hmm. just the music the wardrobe down to like sarah michelle gellard playing it as if she's not attractive mm -hmm. that was people. so crazy when she's like i'm ugly is beautiful he's hot yeah it's like wait you guys are literally look the same <laughs> yep yeah yeah, they, yep, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It is, huh, it is one of those movies that I, I love the premise so much. And I actually, and I love the world so much. And I love the concept of your feeling going, literally going into your food is such a fun premise. They do such a great job of like, the food looks delicious. Like, it looks great, like, and it's such a like elevated sort of it's almost it's like Baz Luhrmann light like it's it's elevated and heightened, but it's not like over over the top. But they make some weird choices like <laughs> Sarah Michelle Geller being quirky and like not hot and like it just doesn't quite hit the mark. It is like it is one of those movies where you can just see the studio executives getting in the way of the film. Like somebody read that script. They're like, you know what it needs? Hot chick to star in it. And it's like, or like, 
what? <laughs> like, just, somebody went through that script and was like, just amp up the sex and everything will be okay. And it's like, or like lean into the magic of the simple premise. So basically, my thesis today is, as much as I love this version of the movie, I think we need a reboot. I think it is time to reboot Simply Irresistible. Okay, wow. And I actually think the best way to do it is not as a film, but as a series. I think it should be turned into a streaming series about a witchy chef, quirky chef. And and I really think that we need to showcase a much more diverse cast. And I think that it'll work so much more if it is you know, starring someone who feels super othered and like has, hasn't a, like a real underdog that we root for and that they re- like more of like an ugly Betty situation where it's somebody who like hasn't been given the privilege to like step into their own and they just sort of need a little support and a little bit of space. And then we get to watch them over the series realize that they were kick-ass all along and we just watch them grow in their con like because that's what simply irresistible is about is like at the end of the movie, it's like, is it really magic or was the magic just you believing in yourself? Right. And so I love that. I'm a sucker for that shit. Right. Like it's the, you know, home wizard. It's the Dorothy had it in her all the time. Right. Like, so I love a modern day Wizard of Oz tale. And so I think that's it. I think it needs to be rebooted. I think it should be on Netflix. And I'm curious. How do you what do you think it would need to pop? Like, what are your tweaks? It comes back. Mm -hmm. The 2023-2024 fall schedule says it's coming. What do you want to see in in the reboot? How do you think we make this work for a modern audience? I love... uh, Yeah, it's it's wild to watch movies from (laughs) before 2007. (laughs) Yeah. And just how white the casts are. Oh, so... Like, it's... There's, like, one black person in Mm -hmm. that trailer... And yeah. I think he literally says something like, oh, that's crazy. And it's like, oh, no. Oh, no. Yep. Not good. But uh, it, I think this totally works as uh, definitely woman of color. Uh, not like the traditionally attractive Sarah Michelle Gellar. Because that, that doesn't make any sense at all. That people ostracize her. She's a beautiful white woman. <laughs> well, I don't know if you noticed, but they dyed her hair darker. They, oh yeah, she's a brunette, which is yeah, di- yeah. That's that was diversity in mm-hmm. 1999. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. And also, I think we bring the age gap a little closer because mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure Sean Patrick Flannery's a solid 15 years older than Sarah Michelle Gellar. Yeah, yeah, that's what they should have been leaning into. Is this May December tragedy? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm into that. But I'm into- I think also, you know, a lot of that movie, I think, is the soundtrack. So you mm-hmm. throw in a lot of new uh, you, Lizzo maybe does <gasps> the theme song of the show. Ooh. And, uh, you know, you get you get some empowerment and positivity <gasps> and you get some, uh, you know, just this. I think a lot of the show will be uh, the music in it as well. Yeah. I'm also loving this idea because if Lizzo does the theme, maybe Lizzo is also like a performer at the restaurant. Yeah, like a Vonda Shepherd on Allie McBeal kind of situation. Shepherd, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm into this. I love this. Any 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 property that centers music as a character, I'm here for. I love this. 
So how does her magic work, can I ask? Okay, I so ask? if you haven't recently watched it... Is that it, inappropriate to ask? No, I would love to talk about it because did I rewatch it in anticipation? Yeah. Um, actually, truth be told, I just was watching this movie and then was like, <laughs> oh, we're talking about food and movies. Great. Um, so her magic, what happens is the Sarah Michelle Deller, Mich- the Sarah Michelle Geller character, if you couldn't figure it out, her mom was a successful chef. Her mom passes away leaves her the restaurant. She can't cook for shit. Okay. The restaurant's failing. Woe is me. Then one day on the verge of losing everything, she finds a pair of her mom's earrings and she puts them on. This is the same day her path crosses with a man that seems mysterious. Um, and this man and this crab come into her life, but they have very right. little the significance. Crab. The crab is, I think, like, because the, the crab is prominently featured mm-hmm. in the trailer. Oh, the 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 crab is the inciting incident of this whole thing. But you don't quite know. Was it the man? Was it the crab? Was it the earrings? Was it some combination? But somehow it all comes together and she can suddenly cook. And she's expressing her feel. But like it's one of those things where they're they're never quite totally clear. Was the magic in her all along and she just needed to like actually feel her feelings and like be present and be confident? Or was there actual magic? You know, they leave that a little bit up to you. But there are these hilarious moments where like literally out of nowhere, they uh her and Patrick Sean Fanery start kissing and they levitate. Like they actually fly in one scene. There's like it's it's really weird. There's one scene where she's crying into soup and then serves it to a restaurant and every person in the restaurant starts crying. So like sometimes it's like really, really over the top and sometimes it's like very subtle. Amanda Peet, who's the perfect woman with the perfect hair, has a fit and like it goes, she ends up throwing, smashing plates all over the restaurant because she's so angry. Like it's, it's beautiful to be honest. Wow. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. Strongly recommend. Unlike Caitlin, I will strongly recommend that everyone goes and watch this movie. Yeah. Is it available to stream anywhere right now? I believe it's on Hulu. I think that's where I was watching Perfect. it. Yeah. I think I think in the reboot we get to a scene where, you know, she forgets that she's wearing the earrings or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then the food's still good. And then we finally <gasps> maybe maybe that's oh. season four or five of the show. See, that's what I was thinking too, because that we never get that moment in the movie, and I think we we need it. And I think, I think I, yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is better. listen. This was before the two thousands, so they didn't mm-hmm. know that then, but we know that now. Yep, yep. Okay. We know yeah, better. I, I, yeah, they could I, have a whole season where she goes on Top Chef or something like oh, that. Yeah. Oh, and, thank you. Well, and like the thing I was thinking about is like if you put it on Netflix, Netflix has so many fun food reality shows, mm-hmm. so you can get all those fun like tie-in right. cameos, like and and. Yeah, and then you can have that actor like guest as a judge on stuff. Like, it, there's so much. I I also like a, a an ending where she finds out that she doesn't need a man. She's Hell fine yeah. on her own. I uh, Chelsea Peretti just uh, did a movie called Spinster. Oh the yeah, whole thing, the whole thing is about how the love story is just it's a, like a rom com, but it's like she's just she loves herself. That's it. That's all she needs. Yeah, I want to see because I think that the only people besides me that we're watching simply irresistible were the people at hallmark channel because i do think this is a plot line <laughs> that they've used several times and in all of their versions they do need the man and i and i i'm with you i'm ready for the version where she goes you know what actually i'm gonna take the job and i'm, I'm gonna stay in the big city so thank you right yeah yeah because on hallmark 
they never do. Of course. Well, that's the Hallmark. Oh, well, yeah. You know, that is the Hallmark world. And listen, and nobody watches Hallmark as much as I do, except for a friend of the show, Fat Gary no. Bradshaw. But doesn't mean I don't have notes. I'd like a little more variety, Hallmark. Right. Imagine the one where she's just like, you know, screw this small town. Yeah. Never coming back. New York's way better. Yeah. I want to see the one where she lights the match, sets the town on fire, and <laughs> turns away. It's never to look back. And then it's on the run for murder. Yeah. That's the sequel. Yeah. But maybe this is, okay, maybe this is a future, though, of, like, mm-hmm. reboots and, like, launching things. Is yeah. You could have a Hallmark one that yeah. stars Candace Cameron Bure. Yeah. Still only has white people. Mm. Like, we'll do that version. Then we'll also do, like, a good version for Hulu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and you can just... They, it's a metaverse, but you wow. have to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They never interact. You oh. just have to watch them all. I also think we need uh, the crab to be voiced by uh, Jason Menzukis. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and like she, and that's maybe one of the other things too. We don't know if she really hears the crab or not. Yeah. But oh my he's God, I the love character this. on the show. Well, and then he can also double as the strange man she meets. And so he's both this like looming figure at the farmer's market as well as the crab. And that adds yes. to the confusion. Uh-huh. I think Manzukas would... Manzukas probably loves this movie as much as I do. I would have to imagine. I was strangely going to say he feels like he's watching it now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like I feel like on any given day, the likelihood of Jason Manzukas and I watching the same thing and having the same opinion is chillingly high. It's probably 100%. Yeah. I, the amount of times I heard him on the Gilmore Guys podcast and thought, yeah, what he's saying is correct. Mm-hmm. Is makes me worried for both of us. Just re- just imagine the credits and Jason Manzukas as crap. <laughs> I'm so jealous already. What a great booking. <laughs> this this show's gonna be awesome. This show's gonna be so much fun. Brian, now I know you probably haven't seen it, but how where would you cast yourself in this world of simply irresistible? <laughs> in simply irresistible. Oh well, mm-hmm. I mean, if it's 1999 or the the new. Oh, I, now I want to know both the 1999 well, version and the new version. 1999. It's probably just like Asian man, mm. and uh, <laughs> and I'm probably like in the restaurant going like uh, early on in the movie like uh, I didn't ask for this, <laughs> and then and then she's just like, oh no, that guy didn't like the dish. So that that's the 1999 version. Okay. You could count the number of Asian actors in 90s movies on one hand yeah. if the movies don't involve martial arts. Right. Yeah. 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 Most unfortunately. But in, in the new version, maybe I'm uh, a neighbor Ooh. in her building, you know? Yeah. Maybe, maybe even a love interest. <gasps> Asian Ooh. men are love interests now. Yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> a new thing. Can you believe that? I, I don't know. Do you guys watch The Bachelor? There's an Asian guy doing pretty well on The Bachelor right okay. now. Okay. Or The Bachelorette. Well. Yeah. yeah. I think the first ever time an Asian contestant on The Bachelorette has made out with The Bachelorette. So big. Whoa. That's yeah. huge. Wow. You know, I've only seen, I think, three episodes of that show, and I would watch it for that. I, th- this would get me to watch. It's a, it's, it's a show unfortunately that i feel like you can't watch unless you've been grandfathered in yeah and watched it since the beginning because now if you watch it with uh with like progressive eyes mm-hmm. it's it's uh it's horrible uh in oh, terms yeah. of race relations of course it's horrible in terms of uh 
female empowerment. Just, it's just all that. Yeah. Well, I mean, I famously don't believe in female empowerment. So oh, that great. part, so that part doesn't bother me. <laughs> that, part, that part makes me fine. Yeah. Fine. Yeah. yeah. And you as know, an Asian person, every season there's an Asian guy who gets uh, sent home on day one <gasps> for the last 15 seasons. But, are you, you serious? Know. Yeah. That's fucked. That's fucked yeah. up. Wow. Not not in this house. Yeah. <laughs> so, so in the reboot of Simply Irresistible, the Asian guy bangs yes. Sarah Michelle Geller. Yeah, and probably several other characters too while you're at it. Yeah. Well, you know, okay, so this is another complaint I have is there's been an overcorrection. Yeah. We never got the uh the nice Asian male love interest. Now there's an overcorrection where the the Asian guy is just so hot. That he's a fuck boy. It's like, wait, we've gone too far. Um, right. Like Simu and yeah, yeah, exactly. Let's get go back to the let's get to that yeah, eventually. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. All right. Randall, Randall Park is kind of the only one to, you know, shooting down the middle. I mean, I love Randall Park. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I had to go and throw Randall Park's name out there and get me all distracted. Yeah, but he acts like you? normal in movies. He doesn't I know. Act- <laughs> in fact he played a double for jim for the office in the office so it's that type the krasinski-esque a krasinski energy well i'm here for it i think i'm excited maybe you you know what maybe how we it's not that you're a neighbor but you're the bartender that works at the bar that stays open late enough for her to go to after her shift yeah the the bar that all the chefs go to i love that yeah right because that, that's got to be a part of this world it's it, we're an edgier version of simply irresistible, right? And that role allows you to do other things. You know, you're in, yeah. You know, five episodes a season. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, and, and then oh, I'm smelling oh, a spinoff I, too. I, yeah, I, I, get, I, get I see like show. an after show. It's like mixing with Brian or something, and it's like you're doing like mixology with special guests and stuff like that. Yes. Yeah. I make the drink, uh, make the drinks from the show with like uh, you whatever know. guest star was on it or something. Yeah, oh, it's like how. Yeah, yeah, it's like Andy how they Cohen. do that. That the only murders in the building show has that other show that they do with the 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 fans within the show of the show within the show. You know. Mm-hmm. Anyways, I see this for you. This too. Well, you, every day I'm just thinking about how I can get a little closer to Martin Short. <laughs> That's twenty four seven. That's all I'm thinking about. You've so, is is that is that show good? Only murders in the building. Okay. Yeah, I love it. I I really like that show. I think it's really fun. Okay. But I am not kidding when I say I think about Martin Short every day. So like that. So take that. Sure. Whew. I'm a big Jim. Oh, oh yeah. Jiminy Glick. Big Jiminy Glick. Glick. Huge. A huge yeah. Martin Short fan. Best day of my life was when I accidentally ran into him on the streets of Manhattan. Uh, we were about the same size. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I saw. I, I was in a coffee shop and Ben Stiller was there. And he's yeah. the tiniest little man. It's so fun how tiny some of them are, you know? Celebrities. Celebrities. Some of them are little pocket humans. <laughs> Enough about how they're little pocket humans. <laughs> they they, they kind of do have to be small, though, because everyone reads yep. bigger on film. So... You know, they, they got to be little, uh, yeah. little jockeys. You know, it's absolutely true. Some People think I'm six feet tall when they see me on film. I'm actually only four foot two. Mm-hmm. That's <laughs> yeah. right. It's wild. Uh, Brian, for everybody that wants to collect you like a pocket-sized human that you are, where can they find you? Where can they stay on you? 
Yeah, just go to my website, brianyang.com. Everything is there, B-R-Y-A-N-Y-A-N-G. You can get clips of my stand-up and the link to my podcast and my Twitter and Instagram and all that good stuff. And because I'm a millennial, no TikTok. Okay, I don't understand fair. that. So. Fair, fair, fair. Well, Stan Stans, you know you can find us at We Stand Social across all of the platforms. And we are desperate millennials. So we have about three TikToks that we've tried to do in 20. <laughs> <laughs> they have a resounding like 100 views. Oh, yeah. because we, sh- we share a TikTok account like a married couple in the middle of the country. And yeah, don't can't... trust each other. They don't trust each other. <laughs> yeah you know i have i have a tiktok uh where i only mm-hmm. know how to look at tiktok yes, um, yes. you know how when you're playing double ducks and, yeah, you, can't, yeah, and yeah. you can't jump into the double ducks that's me i i'm a i'm an observer i love the content but i i could not begin to understand how to make a tiktok i can i just don't really want it's really hard. to it's just well, some, there's like music, and sometimes there's like the background is like oh, yeah. a green screen, and just like these, the the these these children are like James Cameron making these TikToks. Well, it's as incredible. Usual, any Gen Z that want to slide into our DMs and adopt us and help us, we are actively <laughs> looking for an intern. And I listen. If you want to be an intern on this show, I can help you get college credit if you're in college. Yeah, like, and, and don't listen to that actress yeah. that is your roommate that Lauren says she ruined her life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just apply for our internship. <laughs> yeah. You pay us, but it's... But it's it's <laughs> legitimate. We stand social at gmail.com. Send us your CV and the name of your academic advisor and we'll work something out. <laughs> Alright. Thank you, Brian, for being here. This Brian, thank you light. so much. Until next time, see you soon. Thank Stan you, guys. Stan.